welcome back to another episode of Exposing Ourselves. I'm Travis Ritchie, and this is episode 12. This is the show where we expose each other to new things. Matt, a big music fan, will assign me one of his favorite albums or playlists to listen to each week, and I, a movie buff, will give him one of my favorite films, and we come together in this very podcast to discuss it all. And with me, as always, is my good friend... Matt Runquist. In this episode, we're going to talk about the movie The Mist and the band Fitz and the Tantrums. Travis, how are you doing, man? Oh, Matt, you know what? I'm so looking forward to this episode, but uh, it has been a week. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're aware that we've uh, we've all been getting some weather this oh. week. Oh, have you really? Yeah, well, you have too, right? I did get some oh. weather this week. Uh, my back hurts, yes. <laughs> oh no! From that, from shoveling. Yes, that's that's Midwest uh, translated from the Midwestern. It means the snow was heavy and I had to shovel. Yes. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. So here it's just been rainy and cold, and and by cold I mean <laughs> around fifty. <laughs> oh no! Oh god! Oh god! Are you know you okay? what I am. I'm a Midwest boy. I grew up in Wisconsin. I know what cold is, but. When you move out to Los Angeles, after a period of time, you get acclimated, and uh, I have long since gotten to that point, my friend. Growing so now, up. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, I just, I have to ride to work in the morning after, and, and in, in the morning, it's been in maybe the high 30s, and so uh, that is a pretty chilly bike ride, even if it's only for a couple miles. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Do you have proper layers? I do. I do bundle up. I have a. Uh, I, I got myself a mask, and I oh, pretty much just wear my glasses as eye guards. Mm-hmm. But I have a little hat, uh, you know, under my belt, bike helmet, oh. and a big, fluffy, furry jacket that uh, I can only wear for a couple of weeks out of the year when it's cold enough. So you followed Jeremy Irons' uh, advice: be prepared. You know. Oh yes. Uh, well, that's all. <laughs> I was a Cub Scout, uh, where that was the advice also, before yeah, the Lion okay. King came be out. Prepared. Um, oh, what? You know what I was going to say is uh, hmm. one of my favorite movies in <laughs> in high school and college was the 1991 Steve Martin film, L.A. Story. L.A. And, Story. And he yeah. is a weatherman in that movie. It's a fantastic movie. It, it the Parts of it are a little aged now, but most of it holds up really well. And uh, the the jokes in that in that movie about L.A. being cold are fantastic last night it got down to 56 degrees yeah yeah it's in you know it's so it's so accurate and all the uh and the idea that nobody notices an earthquake like if it doesn't get to be a 4.0 then nobody cares yeah uh you know it's so so yes that's uh la is very much like that so um boy how about uh, what else did i do i didn't do much this this week? week Well, work was slow. We uh, we were preempted for two days because of the some sport ball thing, like soccer, I guess. And so I didn't work on Tuesday and thir- Wednesday. And then Monday was a holiday for us, so I didn't work then either. So I just worked on Thursday, but I did get to play a bear. We had one of the uh, actors from Cocaine Bear on the show, oh, and fun. so and it was also his birthday. So they dressed me up as a bear in a bear costume, and. Uh, I got to wheel out a cake and, you know, I got to be in the cast photo too. So that was kind of cool. Was there any cocaine in the cake? No, although uh, this is a little behind the scenes. I'm not sure if I should say this, but uh, when we were practicing the set decorator, uh, and I'm not set decorator, the props person, uh-huh. when they had the cake for rehearsal, had put out two lines of coke <laughs> like next to it. Um, and we were all like, this is not going to be on the show. This yeah. is a CBS daytime yeah, you know, definitely can't do talk that. show. You can't do no. that on television. Uh-uh, uh-uh. But uh, no, it was a lot of fun, and I could barely see. Like I, had, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> I had two little eye holes, and two, like the mouth had little holes I could look in through. But so I was dependent on like the stage manager to lead me around uh, by hand, and uh, so that was it. Was a lot of fun though. Cool. And, well, that's that's super yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did find out that I didn't get that other audition ah. that I had. 
well, but the interesting thing is, normally you don't hear anything. If you don't get an audition, no. you just don't hear. But they specifically reached out to my agent and said, "Hey, we loved his tape. We're going with a different or different way, but we'll definitely keep in mind him and nice. keep him in mind for other things." Yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah, so I was happy about that. But that's pretty much it. Otherwise, it's just been staying inside because of the rain. And, you know, I don't have a car, so it's hard for me to go anywhere when it's raining, which I'm really kind of just internalizing now as <laughs> as a true fact. So uh, maybe a used car is in my future. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think prices are finally starting to come back down to earth, too. So They are, yeah. I know when nice. you came back from when you came back from Japan and then Nashville... Uh, or was it Memphis? It was. It was. No, it was Nashville. Yeah, Nashville. Um, you know, there. That was basically the peak of the used car market. So I think for a yeah. while there, used cars were selling more than their new counterparts. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, my car that I had bought, I had bought a C Max yes. that I had leased twice in a row, uh, and so at the end of the second one, I leased it for three years and then decided to buy it. And then six months later is when I got the job in Japan. And so I sold my C-Max for somewhere around 14000 And uh-huh. Basically, it was just whatever I had left on the loan. Uh-huh. Wasn't trying to make a profit of, with it at the time. But when I came back, that same car was selling for eighteen grand. Oh, no. Oh, no. And, wow. uh, yeah, it was crazy. So, uh, But I had a car when I moved back to L.A. Yeah. Uh, my friend Keith Hampton sold me his car and gave me a re- great deal on it. But then six days later, I was yeah. rear-ended, and that car was totaled. And yeah. so they didn't – the other guy's insurance paid for it, but not enough for me to actually replace it. So yeah. Yeah. that was – That is always the way. Well, I yeah. had a I had a pretty good week here. Uh, music is is going well. I put out a blues song this week, which was I was really happy with. Uh, you know, it got like no traction whatsoever. But I'm mostly doing these for myself uh, rather than for like the public approbation. Sure. I got I got a new guitar amp, which I was really excited about. It's got lots of lots of knobs to twiddle and and things to learn. So that's really fun. I've been Do spending any of a them lot go to eleven. All everything goes to eleven. Yeah, this nice. Is, this is the digital age, man. You can set it to to whatever you want. Um, and then uh, my daughter, who has is she's a bit of a world traveler. She was in France for the last uh, six weeks or so, uh, visiting her boyfriend who lives overseas. Wow. And uh, and she's headed off to Japan starting in the middle of March uh, oh. for her for a study abroad. Uh, so I drove over to Madison today to see her, hang out, walk on a frozen lake, and eat uh, Chinese food. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Where is she going in Japan? Do you know? She is going to... Uh, well, the school is in Tokyo, but I guess her dorm is in uh, Yokohama Prefecture. So okay. uh, she'll have to take the train in every day. She was she was nice. a little She was a little irritated by that. And I was like, there is amazing public transit over there yeah which yeah which she knows but you know how it is yes everything, yes uh, we, i had to take the train better. to work for uh, a couple uh, i want to say a month and a half or something like that when i first started going and it was so nice yeah. so punctual and clean and um yeah the yeah. thing people always comment on is the fact that school children uh very young school children ride the ride the uh, subway alone in mm-hmm. Japan. Uh, it's something. It's a something they learn very young, and and it's just societally safe for them to do so. So it's yeah, it, it's a pretty cool yeah. place. And you can tell her that Google Maps actually helps a lot for uh, getting around. It knows all the train times, and uh, so yeah, uh, I used that a lot. Uh, probably more than Apple Maps. Uh, I don't know if she's a which kind of phone she has, but uh, Google specifically works pretty well. Awesome. Cool. Well, I will let her know that. Hey, what do you say we change things up this week and do the music first? Oh, please. Uh, You know what, Matt? You did a great job with this playlist. I'm just going to jump right into it and tell you that it's probably my favorite playlist so far. Oh, that Um, is really good news to me because I... I I've been struggling a little with choosing things that I thought you would like and and not I know, not and hitting I feel the mark. Bad for no, being not hard to there's please. no reason to there's no reason to feel bad. But I do want to introduce for people who don't oh, know yes. what the playlist is. Um, do it. The band this week is Fits and the Tantrums, who was formed around 2010. Um, 
I actually don't know the guy's name, but his name, it's like Fitzpatrick or Fitzgerald or Fitz something, but uh, Fitz and the Tantrums was a, a music project that he kind of put together, uh, a pretty nice five-piece band, amazing backup singer, and uh, they do, and they focus on making music without any guitars, so it's uh, neo-soul and um, very, like, danceable, upbeat, fun, pop, rock, soul good stuff with a little with a little funk in there with a little bit of funk yep just just enough um yeah yeah well matt i had so much fun listening to this now i had never heard of fits and the tantrums before we got going but i have heard at least one of these songs i have had hand clap on my um my what i call my happy happy playlist okay. on amazon music back when i was able to use it um, the, they've changed amazon music so it's unusable now but um it's okay because i have uh, youtube music but um so i've heard that song before i didn't know it was from this band i might have heard out of my league but i don't know like i I was just listening to them in the shower before uh-huh. we recorded, and uh, honestly, this is a, an album that I listened to it once on Monday, on maybe a hike or something. But it has been such a such a rainy week; I haven't gone on any hikes, and so I forgot how much I enjoyed listening to it. But I just listened to it earlier today, and was so excited. It got me so happy, and so energized. I wanted to listen to it again right away. So that would have been the third time through. And uh, I absolutely um, just had a great time. It, it made me dance. I was I was kind of boogieing mm-hmm. in the shower a little bit. And uh, uh, yeah, I just probably, I don't know if it's the best playlist we've done so far, but it's definitely the most fun. Yeah. And yeah, it's fun music. And I, I think the songs that I chose are pretty upbeat. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned you you don't actually know if you've heard out of my league before. This music sounds familiar, right? Yeah. Even if yeah. it's the first time you've heard it, there's something about it that's very like it it comes out of a, a very rich, deep tradition of United States soul music. And it yeah. sounds like something you've heard before, even when you haven't. Yeah, yeah, and that's so. That's what happened to me is I was in the shower listening, and it was the I guess it's the fourth song of the playlist, and I was listening to it, trying to think: Do I had I heard the song before, or is it just familiar from the first couple times I've mm-hmm. heard it this week? And I just enjoyed it so much that it just seems instantly familiar. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, that's that's great. I I enjoyed the um, I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed the uh, uh, some of the lyrics. I, I did. I didn't listen to enough to really get the sense of story, but I do sense that some of these songs do have a good story and, and some good poetry behind them. And uh, so I'm I'm eager to experience them more. And so I definitely will be playing this album uh, a few times. Or I, mean, I guess it's just a playlist. Yeah. Tell me what you think of any particular album of theirs. So I really like um, their first album which uh is the one with the red and blue on it uh let me see if i can bring this up real quick i'm uh, so they'd be picking up the pieces or yeah i think it's yes it's picking up the pieces um okay that was sort of the first the first one that i heard it might actually be their second album there's a lot of really great stuff on that Uh, it's got um yeah it's from 2010 so i think that is their first album uh they had a ep or two before that but that was their Mm -hmm. first full length and there's a bunch of songs on there. Breaking the Chains of Love is actually the first song that he ever wrote for the band. Uh, Money Grabber is like one of those songs that, yeah, you understand. You understand what this song is about. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, uh, from the very first second. L.O.V. is a really fun song. Um, there's a couple of slower songs that I don't think I put on the playlist, but uh, but that really work to kind of just sort of change the energy level which is a good thing uh throughout the course of an album yeah i didn't feel like it was repetitive i didn't feel like it was um just the same thing Mm -hmm. 
I didn't feel like it was the same thing over and over again. And so for that reason, I, uh, I, I thought that it was... Uh, well, you know, that's enjoyable. one of the things I love about Fits in the Tantrums is that they have a lot of, like, really good poppy songs that don't sound like the same thing over and over again. They're, like, given that they're working within a pretty tight genre, their ability mm-hmm. to, like, bring new sounds in, right? They're very... So they don't have guitar, or at least they didn't early on in the band. I'm not sure if they ever had guitar but because of that they have like a very sort of open attitude to different sounds and different instruments coming in baritone sax or you know uh, like synthesizers or or whatever right but just Mm -hmm. um very very ecumenical in their approach to like whatever whatever it is that's gonna that's the right thing for this song we're gonna put it in here and make it sound good so yeah yeah. Hey, what'd you think of the song Belladonna? Cause it's funny. It's not, that's not, um, it's, it's one of my favorite of their songs, but it's not maybe quite as easily accessible as, as some of the other stuff. Yeah. So, so Belladonna was one of those interesting songs where it, uh, it, it starts off fairly mellow and then you got this kind of rock and beat that comes in. And I remember thinking while I was listening to it and you know how much I love, music that you can understand the words to right yeah, yeah and so this one is one of those that you can understand the words to and and you're listening to it and you're like oh she's your belladonna belladonna is a poison that's uh what does this mean there's something deeper going on there's a there's a whole there is a story here yeah and so um again it's one of those where i'll be fascinated to catch different things mm-hmm. the more i listen to it yeah but what you well, love it the too, thing huh? that i love about it is just that like that like grimy sound in the choruses it's like it it's like bass but it's it's like yeah yeah which is like a like independent of the song it's like an aggressively like irritating noise right Hmm. but in Hmm. the context of the song it's just it it works to like get your body moving and get you like gets you going and i i have so much like respect for the ability to take something that's sort of like objectively kind of bad or ugly Mm -hmm. and make and make it into a a, a, an integral part of a really fun energetic song yeah i agree with that there there's something i've heard recently several times and i think it's one of the songs they use to warm up the audience at work but they there's a part of the song where the instrument the, in, the the music sounds like it's being muffled like like someone's covering up the speaker or mm-hmm. something like that and or or putting it under water or something like that you know and um or through a pillow and it's this kind of like it's a very disconcerting sound but it works for a few seconds as a, like a hook does it and, does um, it make you try to listen closer because it sounds like somebody's like muffling it and you're like wait what's what's going on no it uh, i don't know how to describe it i i I wish i could remember what song it was but um uh, the the point is is that it it is unpleasant to listen to on the face of it but as the part as as an element of the music yeah it's interesting and it's it's a it's almost another instrument in and of itself and so i feel the same way about this yeah cool Cool. All right. I, I'm going to give it a, I, I, this is about as perfect as an album as I could listen to. Uh, I, I'm going to give this a 10. Woohoo! That's yeah. amazing. I'm really excited to hear that. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it is a playlist. I would be interested to see if any of their individual albums hold up. I mean, you did pick I, the I best. think, yes, I, this is absolutely a list of singles. Um, but I do, I do really like all of their albums. Like, there's not... I haven't listened to their most recent one a ton, but the one that, uh, like, Belladonna is off of. And that, that, by the way, is the album that I was going to assign you. I really mm. like that album. I really love picking up the pieces. I really love their self-titled album. So, uh, you know, I don't think, you know, I, I would say go ahead and pick up, you know, one or two of them and see if you like them in the whole album format. Nice, nice. Well, maybe you'll have to. I mean, uh, you know me. I don't generally seek out new music, uh, but I will uh, uh, I'll definitely be listening to this again. And maybe in the future, if we do another episode, we can come back to this and um you could assign me an individual, you know, whatever you think their best album is or something like that. Sure, sure. You know, okay. I'd be open to that. Well, uh, I also have to rate this, and I, I'm going to give this playlist a 10 because I made it. 
It's great. It's great. If you uh, are, if you want to listen to this playlist, uh, it'll be in the show notes, and uh, you should let us know, dear listener, what you think of Fitz and the Tantrums, because uh, and, and of course any of our selections that we talk to every week, uh, we'd like to hear what you think. Awesome. Uh, we are. Uh, oh, how can they do that? They can do it on Facebook. Oh, they can do it on Facebook if they search for Exposing Ourselves podcast. They can uh, check out. Our RSS uh, feed, uh, again, you can search for Exposing Ourselves on any major podcast platform and many of the minor ones. And, of course, they can always email us at exposingourselvespodcast at gmail.com. Oh, my goodness. What an amazing way to get in contact with us and uh, let us know what your thoughts are. You really Um, fed me that one. Thank you, Travis. (laughs) Well, uh, I do want to hear from people. Uh, I have had people tell me in person... Uh, their thoughts and i keep on saying well email me that so we can read it on the air um <laughs> it <laughs> you sounds know what? like a threat and... now <laughs> we're gonna read do it, it. On the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh all right great well uh, i guess we can move right on to our, our 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 movie pick of the week which i'm also kind of excited about i i uh, I'm I'm wary, but uh, of of what your thoughts are. But the the movie that I assigned you this week is The Mist, uh, which is based on a Stephen King novella uh, from 1980, and it was directed by Frank Darabont, who also had uh, previous to this done a couple of big Stephen King movies, uh, Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile, which are generally regarded both to be very great movies. But I wanted you to uh, watch The Mist, which is actually frank darabont's first ta- uh, first kind of take at a at a horror uh-huh. genre and uh and what's interesting is that frank darabont actually went on to develop the walking dead for tv and a lot of the actors from the walking dead are in this show uh jeffrey Demon, laurie holden melissa mcbride um and so they're all oh, they're in kidding. this movie yeah no um so it's kind of a but the cast also besides them you're, you're looking at thomas jane in his uh like right in his peak after he did uh deep blue sea and the punisher uh you got marcia gay harden uh andre andre brower is in this toby jones you know before he really became huge and so it's got a lot of great acting and um, yeah, it's, the story is simple. It's this uh, it's a little town in Maine, and there's a storm. And uh, as the uh, citizens are cleaning up, they notice this mist coming over the lake towards the town. And uh, as the hero Thomas Jane and his son go to the store to get supplies, the mist kind of rolls through town, and there are monsters in the mist. And so they're all stuck in this uh, supermarket together, um, as this horrifying thing happens so let's start here um Mm -hmm. you told me last week that this was kind of a low budget film Mm -hmm. okay i want to know do you have any sense of why that is because this is a guy who had just produced two really really very financially successful films from the same Mm. source material why why was this what, what, do you have any idea of the backstory behind like how he chose this as his next project or why that didn't get a decent budget? Well, a little bit. He had actually been wanting to do... He had optioned The Mist years and years before he did the other ones. The Mist was his first thing that he oh, wanted okay. to do from Stephen King. And so he optioned it uh, ages before. And um, I think as far as the budget goes, Stephen King movies are generally a fairly low budget affairs uh i can't really think of any that have what i would call big budgets um and so uh, but i don't know specifically why okay. after green mile and shawshank were such successes that um that he couldn't get more money for this okay well that's fair um it, so let's start with the good the good mm-hmm. is is this is a pretty pretty functional horror movie, right? Like it it works, it follows its own logic. Uh, the CGI, while you know, mid two thousand CGI is is pretty darn good for a low budget. The practical effects are are quite gory, and they um, do a lot of practical effects. Even with the monsters, they effects. try to do as much practically as they can, which yeah. I respected. Well, and I, and I think the CG wasn't there to like the cg is not quite up to 
where you're like, oh yeah, that looks real, right? It's yeah, yeah. It's still in the uncanny valley, and so I think. But this is in the age when the Thing remake or the Thing prequel came out, and they had actually done all the effects uh, practically in filming, but they replaced all of them with CGI around the same time, 2007 ish. Yeah, and, yeah, and it was all horrible, and so. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's not like notably bad, but it is still like obviously CG. Right. right. You're talking tentacles and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, you yeah. know, when they're interacting yeah. with the with the people, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other thing that I probably, people who have listened to the podcast since the very beginning know this, I am not a horror fan. In general, mm. I don't really like horror films. And this is, this is unequivocally a horror film. It's not like a horror film with a, with a, like a fun twist or whatever. Like this is a horror film. Um, there's a twist ending, uh, and uh, well, we'll talk. We'll talk about the twist ending later. But so we should. Get, I mean, if it's unclear, there should be a a spoiler alert. If you have any desire to see the mist and haven't and don't want to be spoiled, yeah. just be aware. Yeah. Uh, come back to us another time. But yeah, um, there's something very old feeling about this movie, right? Like it feels like it. It's it feels weird that it was shot in 2007. Like the way it's shot, the way it's lit, the, the, I'm not sure if it's set in the eighties, but it feels like an eighties movie. It feels like an eighties Stephen King movie. Like if you put like Cujo and Christine and, uh, God, I, I can't think of a third one, but like if you put those movies up, and then put this movie up, they feel yeah. they feel like they're from the same time, even though this is like twenty years later, right? Sure, sure. Um and I and that bothered me and like now looking back on it, I'm not sure why that bothered me. Like maybe it's just a stylistic choice to be like, I love those eighties horror movies and this is a, you know, this is I'm gonna make this as if it were an eighties horror movie. Well it's interesting that there are uh, you know, I think there's a couple things to about that. And one of them is that first Frank Darabont wanted to do this in black and white. He actually wanted it to be more of a throwback to even whole older monster movies. But um, the the studio said, no, 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 no. Um, but also, you know, there are these small towns. And I think a lot of Stephen King's stuff works best in that kind of 80s era of not quite technology. You know, we hadn't gotten the Internet yet. So the world wasn't connected in a way that it became in the late nineties, two thousands. Yeah. But you know, you can still be in a small town and essentially be cut off from the world and not really know what's going on. And I think that was a very, you know, kind of scary time. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's that absolutely regard. true. And I, I, I should probably forgive it a little more. And it, yeah, it must've been said in the eighties because otherwise people would have just pulled out their cell phones and, you know, Oh, I mean, I don't know about the setting. It, it I, I feel like there also still are towns, you know, small towns where just yeah, the cell phone they, towers don't work, and well, you know, they just weren't uh, connected as early as others. You know, yeah. it, it's not like a big city uh, or like Milwaukee or or L.A. or something like that. You know, you look at Wisconsin or, or Lake Mills where I grew up, which is close to you. You know, man, that was a pretty. It still is. Feels like a feels like a real small town. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so. so I don't, gosh, I, I'm not really sure what I want to say about this. I, I mean, I'll admit that I didn't like it, but I didn't like it because huh. I don't particularly like horror movies. And this is, this is a horror movie, right? Uh, it's gory in places. There's, uh, there's logic problems that are kind of intractable. Um, I, I can understand why, like how this worked as like a written story, but as as filmed, it's like it's weird, right? The first half of the movie is like a box, uh, which is always a, a tough thing to do, you know. And what do you mean like, by box? Oh, sorry. Like every all of the action is taking place in one location, right? It's all inside the grocery store. Once they get to the grocery store, I mean, there's a whole big intro where yeah, they're at the house. Yeah, there's a whole and, big yeah. intro, but like the you don't even know what kind of movie it is until they get to the grocery store and they get sure, locked sure. in, right? Um, wow, know. it's interesting because I one of the things that it made me think you might have liked this movie is that you liked uh, Hellraiser so much, and the the difference like this as a horror movie is not um, 
it's not about the monsters so much. It's about the people and their reaction to the situation. And I think that yeah. the idea of like the monster within is mm -hmm. very uh, much a part of this story. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, my wife said something after the movie which kind of resonated with me, which is, yeah, I mean, what are we supposed to learn from this? That people are shitty to one another? Yeah, I mean, like, there, there's a lot of people being, like, you know, making awful decisions and being awful to one another mm. uh, in, the, in this movie. And I, I struggle with, with any movie like that. You know, I mean, I've uh, the classic one in this podcast is The Prestige and how I don't feel like there's anyone that I can root for in The Prestige. Now, there's definitely people to root for in this movie, and I appreciate that. Um, but I just... I don't know. I, I, I'm like I said, I'm struggling to find something coherent to say about it other than like it didn't really work for me. Let's talk about hmm. the ending. Okay. Okay. So okay. in the ending, and here's your here's your spoiler alert, stop now, skip to skip forward for me. Already covered it. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. He Thomas Jane shoots the other four people in the vehicle because they're they're trapped in a in a motionless vehicle. The mist is surrounding them, and none of them want to be torn apart by the monsters. They have a gun with four bullets, and so he shoots the other four people. And five people. Five people in the five, car. Five people in the car. And he, he shoots the other four people, including his own son. Yeah. And um, and it's heart-wrenching because almost immediately the mist starts clearing, and the military comes through with, like, flamethrowers and, push, you know, and pushing the monsters back and— and uh, and having rescued a bunch of people from the town uh, who are on these transports, this mm -hmm. didn't this didn't work for me at all. Okay, wow, uh, for interesting. A, for a couple of reasons, I mean, or rather, it did work for me, and it made me feel like shit, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, which is not a thing I like feeling, right? Like some people are like, "Ooh, yeah, horror," you know, I want to like get into the gritty emotions or whatever, um, but I. <sighs> Yeah, I I don't want to see somebody shoot his son, right? I like, mean, you don't see it, but yeah, yeah, like, I get what you're saying. Like you know what happened. Th this is a really good explanation for why movies always always have happy endings. Why even in like narrow little art house films, a truly unhappy ending, like a true ending without any kind of redeeming narrative is very very rare because because mm. if you're watching this movie and you don't feel like shit at the end of it i like i don't know how you know i don't know what to say to you like it, yeah you should feel bad at the end of this movie and i don't i don't watch movies to feel bad i don't think many people do yeah you know it's interesting because i I also kind of famously have a uh, have an aversion to what I call nihilistic movies, and I don't know why I don't feel the same way about this movie. Um, and I think I think because it is a horror movie, right? And and the horror move the horror aspect isn't so much about the monsters. The monsters just kind of unveil the horror of uh, of of humanity and like. You know, it's the people you're stuck with and, 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 um, and who break under the strain. Like, you know, you like to think that if you were in a situation like this, you would be, you would, you know, work together to help each other. But I think it's almost so realistic in its, um, in its depiction of the loss of our humanity. And uh, see, I like horror movies like this versus something like, I don't know. Name a name another horror movie. Uh, you know something with monsters. Saw oh. or you know whatever. Uh, because this is essentially a monster movie, right? And so we're looking at the Blob as a horror movie or uh, any of those kind of like you know '80s type things. And so the Blob is just about the monster. And you're right; they beat the monster in the end because that's what the movie is about. The movie is about us versus the monster. But this movie is about us versus ourselves. And uh, and that's what the the story is about too, and I so the ending in the book is very different. I don't know if you did any research on that, no. but the ending in the book is just they're they're in the they're in the Wrangler or whatever it is, and they're driving trying to reach the the border of the mist basically, 
and they're just driving and driving and driving, and then that's the end of the story. The, the with the insinuation that you know we don't know what happens to them, and so the thing I like about this is it's more definitive, right? Mm-hmm. We're not left up to our own devices. We're not. There was something else where I think with the end of Inception, where you're like, I don't want to have to decide for myself what happens. Yeah. Well, in this movie, you don't have to. No, I sure don't. And uh, but it is it's tragic and horrible like in the absolute sense of the word and so uh i think that makes it just a a a superlative horror movie um yeah i mean i was definitely horrified right but i i i will say that section of the movie where after they leave the store feels like feels disconnected from the rest of the movie probably understandably um and it feels like all of a sudden you're in a different film and I, I don't know. I I feel bad that I don't like this movie or that I can't critique. Because I, usually I feel like I know why I don't like something. And so I can at least talk about why that is. Mm-hmm. But this, yeah. I just, I really, I really struggled with it. I struggled to get through it. You know, I, I, like, it was tough for me. And then, and the ending did feel like just really brutal here's here's a specific thing i didn't like when he sees the transports going by he sees this woman who had left the store earlier to uh because she wanted to go see her children and and help them right that felt to me like such a bullshit rug pull right there were so many people who braved the mist and got just fucking murdered a couple of hundred feet from the store and there's no explanation whatsoever for how this woman supposedly made it from her store from the store to her home and you know like it it's just like oh yeah this person who was maybe the only good person in the movie she she's fine and there was like no that there was no explanation. Well you don't know that she made it home. She maybe she just made it to her car and went as far as she could and was just sitting in her car until she got rescued. You don't know. Well she's got her kids with her in the Oh, in, and they're at they're at the home. Yeah, they're they're, at the they're home. on the they're on the uh transport. Well maybe together. she maybe she made it home and uh, and and but she did it before, you know, the mist got too strong. And so, uh, Yeah, exactly. Like there's there's so it much. I don't know why you. I don't know. I don't know why. It, I don't need an answer for that personally. Uh, I just. I think it's tragic. I, is... I felt it was extremely knife twisty, is what it was. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like, look, my kids are still alive because I am a good person who went out. Right. Even though this guy had been fighting for his child the whole time. I don't think it. Ha- I don't think it's about good or good or bad as far as you know the type of person you are. I think it's just a. Uh, it was. It's. It's a in another another path you know a path not taken this is what could have happened for you and uh and it's it's i think just the tragedy of it so okay. uh, i'm sorry you didn't like it but uh no, it, it did, i know i'm sorry i didn't like it too uh but i is it time to rates is that what we're about to do I guess. I mean, you know, I don't know what more to say about it. It did make yeah. some money. Um, it was uh, the budget was about eighteen million, and it made uh, fifty-seven million in the box office. So it wasn't a huge success, but it was a success. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's not bad at all. Notable. Um, yeah, and that's that's actually pretty decent money for a horror film. You know, horror films as as much of the cultural uh, conversation as they take up, uh, don't you know, a lot of them don't make a ton of money. Well, and I think that the, part of maybe the flaw of this movie is it might be a little too cerebral for most people. Like, you don't like horror movies, that's fine. But for people who do like horror movies, this is maybe a little too thinky. Like, uh, you know, uh, because it has to do with so much internal mm-hmm. yeah. uh, uh, struggle. So, okay, okay. I don't know. I don't know why I didn't make more money. Yeah, I got to admit, I'm struggling with where to rate this. Um, I know it's going to be below a five, um, Mm. but I don't know. uh, Yeah, there's not a lot redeeming for this for me. um, And I don't, I, you know, it's funny, right? Like, I think you, when you rated something a two last week or the week before, you were like, I'm never going to listen to... Th- oh, it was a New Adventures in Hi-Fi. You were like, I'm never going to listen to this again. And it was a two, right? And, like, I'm clearly never going to watch this again and, and probably not even think about it too much, right? Um, 
but I don't know if it deserves a two. That feels low. Sure, to me. I mean, right? there are movie uh, movies that I like. Anything that I don't watch again can be anything five and under. Like I, yeah, you know, yeah. But, you know, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a three. I'm gonna say this a is three. a three to me. Yeah, it's. So was it, there anything anything uh, you 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 did what what did you like about it? You you Andre liked... Brower. I liked Andre Brower. It was nice to see him. Cause you didn't like the kid? I thought the son was really good. He was. He was better than Christian Bale in Empire of the Sun. Ha <laughs> ha! That's a callback. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I think maybe this. Uh, maybe a little. A little. This one was a little younger. I think the kid's name is uh, Nathan Gamble as yeah. Billy Drayton. Yeah, um, he did. A, know, he did a good job. You know. I don't know him in anything else off the top of my head, but uh, yeah. I mean, God, the cast is to me great. Like. Uh, yeah, I this really might be a that... function of me not really knowing modern movies because I, most of the people that you're like talking about how much you love the other things that I I recognized almost no one from this movie. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Thomas, didn't, Jane, didn't Andre Thomas Brower. Jane, No, Thomas Jane, Andre Brower. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But that that's kind of it. Uh, oh wow! One of the old guys in the grocery store. I I recognized him too, but I can't I can't place him. Well, William Sadler was in, um, he was in Shawshank Redemption, and uh, you might have recognized him from there. Yeah. Um, and Marsha Gay Harden's been around for Oh, ages. yeah, Marsha Gay Harden, obviously, yeah. 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 Well, okay, so you, what'd you end up with? A I, four? And I landed on a, a three? three, yeah. A four? Did three. you say four? I, I said might three. have heard four. Yeah, okay. it's possible that you well, heard four. Shoot, man! Uh, this is one of my this is one of my favorite. Uh, is Stephen it King really? Movies. This, yeah, oh, it's one of your favorite Stephen King movies. That's a, okay. That's a smaller category. If you it's said a, it was one of your smaller. favorite movies, I, I mean, it's little... up there. It's it's. I was going through my top rated movies when I was choosing this, and uh, I think I might have rated this a, a seven or eight on um, on IMDb. And thinking about it, I it's a movie that I will probably watch again. And I'm trying to think of the flaws in it, and they are fairly few and far between. So I'm going to go with an eight. I'm okay. going to go with an eight. Okay. And uh, so once again, we have a disparate view yeah. Uh, yeah. here on the hey, show. Hey, we agreed about fits in the tantrums, though. We did. And if I, I this one I specifically want to hear from you, listener. Uh, tell if you have seen The Mist, I want to know where you stand on it. So uh, let us know on Facebook or uh, email us. Yeah. Please. Uh, or right, start your well, own podcast and get it popular enough that we hear about it. No, no, no. no. Just come on our podcast. <laughs> that's what it's for. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's All right. Good point. So, so okay, moving on to uh, next week. Wait a minute. I, what did you give it? What did you give I it? I gave it an eight. I gave oh, it an eight. Oh, you gave it an eight? I thought you gave it yeah. an eight. Okay, okay. No, uh, no, no. I missed that. Uh, I'm sorry. An eight versus oh. your four. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> so here's something I did the, this week, though. I went through um, my movies, and I, I don't know where I was looking at the list, but I think it was maybe the IMDb Top 250 or something like that. Okay. And I was just making lists of movies that I want you to see. Oh, and good. And so some of okay. them... So, so I have a now a long list of movies, and some of them are movies that I haven't seen, so um, I have some choices for our very special episodes, which okay. you know could be every 10 episodes. Who okay. knows? Um, <laughs> but I want you to tell me what you want me to listen to first. Oh, man. You know, that's going to be a problem for me. You know why? No, because you haven't made a list? Because for the first time ever, I completely forgot to come up with something new for you to listen oh, to. Oh, <laughs> goodness. All right. I know. I know. So we're going to have to, I'm going to have to spend a little bit of time. Uh, so you, you come up with something and then we'll take a short break here and I'll come up with something for you to listen to. Okay. Well, uh, I'm pretty sure you've already seen this, but uh, so we can cut this part out if you want. But uh, have you seen The Birdcage? Yeah, I've seen, actually, I've seen both of them. Yeah, me too, but The Birdcage was much better. I think we might have seen... <laughs> Possibly. It was around the same time, you know, when yeah, we were Yeah, I think we might have school. seen them together. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, um, where are you on the Mission Impossible movies? Have you seen any? I I have seen the first one. I've seen the first one. Okay. Okay. Um, so I might, I have a, see, I'm, I'm torn because there is one of those that I want you to see, but you kind of have to see the one before. Oh God. Um, no, we're no homework. 
Well, no, they're both good movies. It's just one the the one that I love, uh, which is maybe my favorite action movie ever. Okay. is part four, and it kind of relies on part three. Okay. Um, uh, which is you know also raises the bar a little bit. Okay. Um, but uh, action movies are uh, they're on the table. Yeah, action movies are absolutely on the table. Okay. Um, uh, but I don't know if I want to start you with that one because I wanted to give you some place something fun oh god and there's another there's another horror movie that i really like that if you didn't like the mist i don't know if you'll like this one i want to give you something fun oh and also gerald's game which is another good stephen king adaptation might have to take off my list Hmm. do you do you not like fun movies is that the problem no you don't like fun movies what i thought you said you You wanted to give me something fun I do want to give you something fun, but what's fun to me is like I love I love something actiony and cheerful. I thought we were going to watch Mission Impossible. Um, you you gave me you gave me some pushback uh, while we were while we were uh, cut out here from the recording. Yeah, I'm going to cut this out too because you sound a little salty about it. (laughs) I wanted to I wanted to go over your your um. Your anti-action oh, uh, movie thing. Okay, well, I, I, I wasn't sure where I was supposed to land on this. You, you want to do it? We can do it. Yeah, it's your real, it's your real opinion, and My, it matters. Okay, fine. It? My real opinion is that Mission Impossible is a superhero movie, and I don't particularly like superhero movies. I would be look. It's not impossible that I'm going to like it. That's a little bit of a pun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I did. Yeah. I did like the first one. When was the first one, by the way? It was like twenty oh, years ago. Uh, right? I don't know. Like yeah, like eighty ninety six or something like that. Oh really? Um, that that but, old? Okay. Yeah. So that would explain why I have pretty good memories of it. Is because I I watched a lot of movies back then, and I was probably more all in on that sort of thing. Right, but I don't. I don't. I, but superhero movies aren't action movies. I mean, they are action movies, but action movies aren't necessarily superhero movies. But also, they are, which is what I tried to tell you way back when, because you say you like movies like RoboCop and uh, and uh, Predator and you know whatever. No, no, I've and never said are... I like Predator because I've never seen oh, Predator. No, Predator. What was the? There was another uh, Terminator, maybe, and uh, those are essentially superhero movies. Yeah, but they also came out but in they're... the eighties, and I was like ten years old. That's what I've. This is. Yeah. That's what I've so, been trying to tell you. But why don't you? I mean, I, so if if you don't like action movies, uh-huh. and you don't like superhero movies, uh-huh. and you don't like horror movies, that reduces the number of movies that I can recommend to you <laughs> that are my favorite movies down to very few. Yeah. Are you? That's basically. I don't understand you, man. That's that's interesting though because you have recommended so few action horror. I mean, you've recommended two horror the, movies. I've been. I've been. You've recommended two horror writing movies. Writing a thin one of line. I... <laughs> like look, I don't know like, if look, we're look, keeping look, look, this look. or not, but the the exhaustion, the sheer exhaustion in your voice is really. <laughs> you haven't recommended a single comedy to me. You like comedy, right? I do like comedies, although I don't think there have been many good comedies recently. So I was just talking about uh, The Birdcage, and you, which is one of my favorites, and you've already seen that. Um, okay. Okay, how about... Um, Deuce Bigelow, male chick. <laughs> no, see, no. I don't... I, I like a good comedy. Like, oh, I'm looking at... Um, I don't know if this is going to be available to watch anywhere. What is it? Do tell. Um, uh, have you seen Jojo Rabbit? I have not seen Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, I. It's funny because before Jojo came out, I was super excited about it, and then it got just sa- absolutely savaged. Uh, by oh, I don't know if it got savaged. It was uh, it, It's a. It's a pretty good movie. It's a lot of fun to watch. Um, okay, fine. I'll recommend. I'll, I'll have you watch Jojo Rabbit. It's not. It's not my favorite movie that that's on my list. There are other movies that I wanted to watch. Have you watch first? But it's on the list, and it's interesting for a couple of reasons. One, it is a uh, uh, is directed by Taika Waititi, who became huge after he directed a superhero movie, and and, uh, and notably one I liked. 
Oh, you liked Thor Ragnarok. I did. I thought that one was really fantastic. Mostly because it was it wasn't, really fantastic. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it was a comedy, right? And I enjoyed yeah. the take on the, right. The whole but it genre. also had a lot of uh, it also had a lot of superhero stuff in it. Yeah. And maybe that's my point: is that some superhero movies have things other than superheroes that you can appreciate. Um. Okay, so we're gonna do Jojo Rabbit this week. Uh, I'm not. I'm not super thrilled by, by it. I I like the movie. It's 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 good. It's worth watching, but um, I I don't I don't know what else I'm gonna do for you if I can't give you. You can absolutely. If I can't give you action or horror they or just have to be movies. good. You know, that's just the thing. They gotta be. Yeah. good. Yeah, I don't like bad movies, Matt. <laughs> I don't recommend movies to you that I think are not good. Yeah. Oh, so, man. but what you think are good is very different. Oh um, man! How do you feel about sci-fi? I love sci-fi movies. The assignment is Jojo Rabbit. Your assignment is coming up. I've uh, got to... your yeah. I've got your assignment ready for you next time. Let me ask you though. Okay, go ahead with your assignment, and then I'll ask you a question. Okay. Do you know who Amy Winehouse is? Uh, yeah. Of okay. Course. So her backing backing band was a already existing band called the Dap Kings. And they had a uh, lead singer who was around before Amy Winehouse and who they continued to perform with uh, after Amy Winehouse died, named Sharon Jones. Have you ever heard Oof. of Sharon okay. Jones and the Dap Kings? I have not. Okay. I'm going to give you uh, probably a playlist of Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings song. Uh, I'm gonna. I've decided. I'm just gonna ride this neo soul thing until okay. until it <laughs> until it dies or until I kill it. So hey, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, if I found if I ever found a music that you, a movie that you loved, I'd probably try to assign you, you the same thing uh, over several, and over again. You have found several movies that I loved. You found everything, everywhere, all at once, which was which absolutely is, which is essentially a superhero movie, and I don't understand. Like, well, I mean, if, if look, you if like, you're, like, if you're just going to complain about me liking a movie, I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm not. I'm, ex- you, I'm complaining you about like, you, you sound not like making you're sense to me. me like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've got some I've got some on my list coming up. Uh, don't worry about it. But uh, OK, I'm excited about some Neo Soul. All right. Um, cool. All right. Well, Travis, thank you for exposing yourself to me. Uh, thank you, Matt, for exposing yourself to me. I appreciate it. All right, cool. Well, I'll see you next week. Okay, bye. Bye.